Well, good morning. We have the unique opportunity to interview Vineet. Uh, I know you've been looking forward to this. Those of you who uh, knew it was coming up this morning, we had the opportunity to men's retreat to get an interview with you. So we'll take oh, probably about 45 minutes or so and spend some time getting to know Vineet. I, about four years ago, he came with Saya. Um, he got to experience a little bit of snow in April. Yep. We had an introductory interview, but we're assuming that there'll be some here that probably would like to get to know him, uh, maybe for the first time. So this is our way of doing that. My but pleasure. It's great to be here. You enjoying the weather? Yep. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit uh, about your country. Um, I, Rob and my wife, for the first time when we were in the high school doing an interview, and you showed where you were and where Saya was from, that was a yep. shock for her. She didn't she didn't connect the northeast oh, okay. where Saya was and how far away. Okay. So I thought we could start with where you're, you're from, yep. where Saya was from, okay. and maybe can you Should point I to it? There? I wish yeah. I had a red. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. a laser? Yeah, do the best you can to kind of give us an idea where you're from. And Yep, so this is India, and um, I'm from here in Pune near Mumbai. Uh, it's three hours from Mumbai, uh, and it's like central India, uh, Pune, and Saya is from way here. It's uh, a state called Manipur, and uh, it's the border of Myanmar, which is Burma, and south we have Bangladesh and we have China up north. So that's where Saya is from. So uh, during <laughs> during our wedding ceremony, uh, the pastor said that. Um, Saya had uh, to find her rib all the way from the east <laughs> to the west. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You, when, you've been in, in California. You just came from the conference there with us. And as I'm looking at Pune up there, uh, it, it's really similar to what California is. So yep. the weather right now would the be... Yep. The weather right now is, I think, in the daytime, it's become 90. Okay. Yep. And it drops down to 65 at night. Yeah, so it wasn't too much of a shock to be in California. <laughs> no, no, it was just like so, so much like Pune, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about the characteristics of um, the Marathi area, yep. as you're pointing to. Maybe it's culture, food, uh, yeah. climate. So I think uh, Maharashtra, my state there, is um, the second largest state in the country, and it has about 73 million Marathi speakers. And if uh, my state were a country, it would be the 13th largest country <laughs> in the world. In the world. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty big. And it's, I'm just used to so many people, people, people everywhere. And um, it's kind of strange when I come here. You all love your space. And we love close fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I remember when Saya first came here, she, she said, I, it feels like we're in a kind of a, a scary movie. <laughs> yeah. In April, it had some cloud cover and fog. Oh, yeah. She thought, I, this is scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are the unique characteristics of uh, Maharashtra compared to, well, just in contrast to India overall? Um, yeah, north, uh, up north, it gets pretty cold. Okay. And... Uh, but my state, the weather is pretty mild. Um, my city, uh, it, you won't sweat, but summertime, just April and May, mm -hmm. we'll have like dry heat. 
But if you stay at home, you'll be okay. Um, the people are very uh, friendly and welcoming. So typically my state has a lot of outsiders. Um, and the western uh, region along the sea, um, there are big cities up there and a lot of industries, mm -hmm. uh, good colleges and institutions. Mumbai and Pune is uh, uh, famous for that. Okay. So we have students coming in from northeast, from various parts. So my city is called like a student city yeah. because of the colleges and stuff. So uh, maybe a little lighter skin than mine, uh, very welcoming. Uh, love spicy food mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's I mean uh, there's a mix of traditional families and at the same time there's new people so there are certain parts of the city which are very traditional yeah. and there are certain parts of the city where uh, which are very cosmopolitan okay yeah now talk to me about your the, the distinctiveness between the culture that your wife brought into the family so oh, yeah and yours and how that works even at a dinner table <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Saya's uh, area, the staple diet is rice and boiled vegetables and then pork. And uh, I, n I never had probably pork before marriage. So, uh, she brought in uh, her ghost peppers. They grow it out, out there. So, uh, yeah, uh, newly weared and she kind of made some dal, which is my kind of lentil soup. And she put something red inside, and I thought they were tomatoes. I think I shared it last time. <laughs> it was a skin of the ghost uh, chili that she had brought from there. And uh, yeah, there was not much conversation after that for 15 minutes. <laughs> I think it had something to do with the food, huh? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, uh, we grow a lot of wheat. So we have those naans kind of a lot, mm -hmm. wheat naans and uh, green vegetables. And so even the way we make is a lot of seasoning, a lot of spice. Uh, but Saya's area, it's more of boiled food. And uh, as a side dish, they'll make ghost pepper like dips <laughs> with herbs and uh, stuff. And the interesting thing is once you start tasting that, it's pretty addictive. You just keep wanting more and more and more and more, yeah. That's fun. Tell us a little bit about the Marathi people, just its uh, background, history. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the Marathi people have been there for a long time. But just some interesting things. Um, when the British arrived, <clears throat> so uh, there was a, a long war. There were the Mughals uh, that were ruling India, and then the British started coming. This is like 1600s, 1700s. So uh, there was a very famous uh, general, Shivaji. So everybody is proud about Shivaji in my state. You have statues of him with the sword. So he was a very shrewd general, short in stature. So he had to fight the Mughals and the British. And so today, our Indian army, they still go back to his guerrilla warfare. And he's like the textbook for guerrilla warfare because he didn't have a big army and he would still, you know, do the guerrilla warfare. And so he brought the first navy and so he would guard that coastland. And he expanded so much that from the south almost to the north, he pushed the British back and he pushed the Mughals back. And there was a time it was 
almost all of central India was um, Maratha ruled. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of a big point in our history. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and then after him, there was another dynasty that ruled for a long time before the British, um, they, they got hold of all of India, yeah, mm -hmm. after some time. Yesterday, it was helpful to hear in a Pat interview with regard to the different religions. Maybe if you could recap yep. some of that. Yeah, so um, dominantly, it's Hinduism. Uh, the Hindus typically in the north of India are, are very strict about their diet, and so they wouldn't do non-veg. Um, there are uh, certain parts of north India that you could get into serious trouble, even mentioning the word beef. Uh, so even now when I say beef, because lately situation in our country and the beef ban, we keep correcting each other in the family to say buff, not beef. So uh, it's pretty strict up there, but Maharashtra, because of um, a lot of educational institutes and a lot of people staying together from different cultures, so Hindus would eat chicken, mutton, but not beef, um, fish, so... Um, and mutton is goat or lamb? I, I still get it's goat. goat. It's goat. goat. Okay. For us, it's goat. Yeah. Um, and so then, that's the dominant religion. You'll have temples all around, um, and even in like uh, companies which are supposed to be secular, uh, especially during Diwali time, it's like they'll have their idol up there, and uh, you can't say much, even though it's supposed to be like a company. It's supposed to be a secular work environment but so they have their presence everywhere and then uh, Islam maybe 15% but rising very drastically mm -hmm. um, and then um, then you have Jains you have Sikhs am I saying it right Pat? Sikh? We say Sikhs but Sikhs <laughs> It's not like you were saying Sikhs Yeah, yesterday. yeah, yeah <laughs> um, and then we have some Zoroastrians as well yeah. which are a minority they came before Persia was Islamized. Um, so we have them staying up on this coastline. We have some Jews too who during the diaspora came there on the coastline. We have a big synagogue in our city, uh, a big one, massive one. I think I showed you the red one. Mm -hmm. And Christians maybe in our city maybe 3%, but out of that is Catholics 2%, then Anglicans, um, and then Charismatics uh, with the prosperity gospel. So you really have to come very low, yeah. <laughs> count-wise, uh, evangelical Christians and Bible-believing churches is very, I mean, we just know maybe offhand how many are there. Sure. Yep. Sure. And, and when we were in Westminster, uh, California, for the first time I've heard a professor ask you about Zoroastrianism, if I can say that right, but particularly how they bury the dead. Could you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> because we're driving by, and you pointed that out, and I think it's fascinating. Yeah. The, <laughs> we haven't eaten, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the Zoroastrians, they're called Parsis from Persians, Farsi, because they probably spoke Farsi. So we call them Parsis. They have a fire temple in our city. They, I think, worship fire. Uh, and they believe that they are dead, we shouldn't give them any, uh, you know, natural, sorry, um, what do you say, arrange any burial for them, just the elements of nature should take over and do the whole process. So they have a tower of silence 
and you can see it up on a hill near my house. I mean, not so near. You all will freak out otherwise. But uh, it's, I mean, near, but quite not, yeah, it's quite a ways, yeah. And so they just leave their uh, dead inside and wait for the, you know, scavenging um, birds to come over and do the job. But sadly, in the cities nowadays, Pune and Mumbai, there's, uh, I think these scavenging birds are very rare. So there's a problem about how and so these bodies, I guess, just lie there mm -hmm. for a long time. And you mentioned someone calling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was an article in the newspaper where one lady uh, asked somebody who works in that tower how her mom is doing. And he said, not too good. She's just there. Uh, because the birds aren't coming, especially in big cities like Mumbai and Pune. And, and so she was really upset and she wrote to the leaders of the community to stop this. But I guess they, it's so much part of their tradition, so there was no way that they could stop it. Yeah. yeah. I just found it fascinating. <laughs> it's so interesting. <laughs> uh, moving on to your, your personal family, your yeah. dad um, converted salvation. I mean, just yeah. the history there. So my dad was uh, from central Maharashtra, a small village. Uh, but his dad, by God's grace, uh, in that area in the early 1900s, the American Baptist Mission, they came and they labored a lot and they started schools and uh, boarding schools and so uh, the upper caste, typically, they refused the missionaries. So the missionaries went to the, the poorer group and the lower caste. And uh, so my grandfather, he, I believe he, he trusted the Lord. And my dad so grew up in an American missionary uh, boarding school. And uh, so a lot of Christian values were instilled. But uh, after college or he came to study college in the city that's what happens a lot of rural migration and uh, in the city he worked for a while and then he got plugged into a church where they talked about sin and salvation and so uh, he always thought that he's a Christian but then he was confronted and convicted of his sin and then his life changed uh, maybe uh, 25 years ago 30 mm -hmm. years ago yeah and now he's serving. Now he's, yeah, he's a Bible teacher. And uh, before joining our church, he uh, was itinerant. And he, I mean, he's gone to probably every district in my state. And he's preached and he's taught the Bible. And over the years, I mean, the church that he was first plugged into was not so, so clear about the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, I've seen the growth. And now he's talking to people about the doctrines of grace and, mm -hmm. and so it's really neat to see him come on the same page as far as the sovereignty of God and salvation and yeah. so all of that. You mentioned a recent conversation he was having over effectual atonement. <laughs> he was talking on the phone in Marathi with somebody trying to convince them about particular redemption. I was thinking out of all the five points, that's the most hardest point. Why would you begin with that? So no, no, he was telling in Marathi. That God came for his bride, Christ came for his so good. bride. So there's a lot of changes over the years, which is wonderful. So moving closer to your, your family, um, your personal family. So meeting Saya, how did, tell us a little bit about that, how that worked out. Oh, I mean, yeah. You're from two different areas. It's amazing to hear how the Lord brought you two Absolutely. together. Absolutely. Um, the more I tell others, I'm reminded of God's uh -huh. grace. And so uh, 
I got saved and I was uh, in, uh, in a not such a good church. They didn't have the clarity of the gospel. I got saved listening to MacArthur's tapes. But I wasn't so convinced to leave that church yet. But um, I was sent to Chennai down south to a Bible training program. Perfect. You could point it. Don't Thank you. Okay. Just, okay. That works. Yep. So I was here and then sent down here to Chennai. And I was doing some Bible training in a super legalistic place. And Saya was here and uh, she came for her postgraduate studies to here in Mumbai. And uh, she she does art and she had some... She had given some paintings to uh, some of the guys who were at my Bible college here. And I would always ask them, who painted these? Who painted these? And they would say, there's one girl back in the Northeast. She painted them, etc., etc. So uh, from here, from Chennai, after a few years, I was sent here to Mumbai for some youth ministry. And Saya had come all the way here. And then we talked about these mutual friends that we had. And then later I found out that she's that artist. Uh, And anyways, just to make a long story short, my time at Mumbai was done and I was traveling to Pune and then down back to Chennai and Saya had sent a letter through me to those uh, her friends down south. And uh, somehow, I don't know what, I I read some of the stuff she had written and she... (laughs) She gives me a hard time for that. I was sitting in the bus and, you know, traffic and there's entering Pune and nothing to do. And so, so she had some great words about me. So uh, I thought there is some soft corner and there is some... Anyways, a few years went by and... Uh, yeah, a few years went by. She was still in Mumbai and I was talking over the phone. And uh, she was telling how frustrated she is. The church is not preaching the gospel. She would read a lot. And so she read some Philippiancy stuff about what's so amazing about grace. And she would read missionary stories. And and she would wonder how they love Christ. And in that legalistic setting, she was not able to. It was all enforced upon her. And it was not out of love and gratitude. And so she was searching. And so uh, I left this Bible college and I came to Pune. And I joined PTS. Uh, I was in my first year and I would send her emails, uh, uh, you know, just resources. Mm-hmm. And I sent her on Romans. And that's how the lights turned on and she came to understand the wonder of the gospel. And then she, she left Mumbai and came to Pune for NEC. And Pat was teaching a class on how, how, how not to raise a legalist or how to raise a legalist. Uh, that's Pat's way of communicating things. So, uh, so we were sitting and we were like, I, I mean, we were not in any uh, serious relation or something, but it was just striking us like so real and relevant. Mm-hmm. And so then we met Pat after the class, and after some time, she she worked in Mumbai. Uh, she worked in Pune and stayed with another girl for some time, um, and then uh, yeah, after. A few months, I asked her how, to def- how she would define our friendship, relationship, and uh, to pray, because I'm headed towards ministry, what she thinks. So she prayed about it a lot, and then we, after some, uh, I mean, her, her relatives back here really were not 
envisioning that life would work out this way. So they took some time in uh, allowing us, and then we got married. Yeah. How did you convince her village that you were the right one? <laughs> Maybe talk just a little bit about oh, the yeah, village. Speaking sure. of which. So and we, while you're at it, have you pointed, use the red to uh, point to where she's from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just so they can see yeah. that. So uh, after a long waiting period, praying, etc., then uh, her sister up north uh, at that time, she said, why don't you go and uh, meet her family? So me and my dad went on this long, epic journey. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were sitting in a closed uh, room and um, all the uncles had gathered. It's a very community, like a clan. The whole clan and the uncles have to agree. And so they were all there. And so uh, somewhere in that discussion, they asked me, but you're Baptist, right? <laughs> so I said, I love the London Baptist convention, uh, confession of faith. So they just wanted to hear the word Baptist. They didn't worry about, <laughs> they didn't worry about London and confession and all that. They just wanted to hear the word Baptist. Anyways, so, um, yeah, it just started. The first question was, what brings you here? And after a couple of hours, God worked in them, and I could share my testimony. And, and they said, so what date should we fix the marriage? <laughs> so God just just was yeah. so gracious. And, yeah, we, a couple of months later, we got married. Yeah. So the London Baptist Confession is really the key oh, in your yeah. life. <laughs> I, I hold it very dear for many other reasons. I thought we'd point that out. <laughs> okay, real quickly, five characteristics that um, are just exceptional with regard to Saya. Oh. for us to get to know her a little bit. And then three about each of your kids. How about awesome. that? So she's a very loving person. Uh, she loves her husband, her kids. She's super organized. Um, and that's why I let her pack my bag. I don't know. I'm going to have to leave so much here because the way she packed it when I got here and the way I am going to pack it. Anyways, so she's super organized. She's, she lo- I think she has the gift of uh, help and, and mm-hmm. giving. And so uh, she'll be just, she, she doesn't like the spotlight. She'll be just um, giving so much of her stuff and things, uh, helping, uh, especially poorer people from our church and um, she's very honest as well I mean the best feedback I'll get uh, the most honest one is from her so she's uh, she loves me enough to be really super honest and tell me in a wonderful way (laughs) so we do have arrangements that she can't talk on Sunday after my sermon so Monday is her time to be super honest (laughs) not Sunday (laughs) Anyways, so yeah, those are some, of, and she's a great cook, uh, as you all know. Mm-hmm. So those are some things that come to my mind. Sure, sure. Yeah, Eliana, you said, right? Yeah. yeah. Eliana is super sensitive. Um, she, she has different responses to even a slight increase of uh, voice. Uh, so she's super sensitive. At the same time, she's, um, she's super adventurous as well. She loves the outdoors. And she, um, she, uh, she's more prone to uh, hearing Bible stories. That's what I've noticed. Um, and she loves to hear Bible stories. So I'm super grateful for that. Ezra is uh, hardcore. He's like a total guy. Uh, if I go back home to Pune, uh, Eliana would run and hug me. But um, Ezra will come halfway and then he'll stand and he'll look at me. 
and uh, yeah he's like he he's pretty hardcore um he loves insects which is scary uh, because yeah the other kids their first response is to run away and his first response is to go and grab the insect just before coming here he got bitten by a dog because the dog was on christmas day uh and he was kind of trouble i mean saya just looked for a few seconds away and so he was trying to trouble the dog with a stick the dog held on to his hand and so i had to in a week give him all these shots and yeah so that's ezra he i mean we have to be super uh, aware of what he's doing where he's doing yeah and um, he's um uh, he's i mean he loves spider man uh he's a spidey fan that's these are things that's funny <laughs> one of the impressions i had from saya particularly we were at a i think it was the pizza restaurant um with the chicken it's amazing stuff but saya is sitting there singing these 1970s and 80s classic american rock songs oh, yeah. like word by word and i like i didn't even <laughs> i don't even know this so somehow she had a culture where she <laughs> yep was yeah. yeah in the northeast here Uh, there's one city called shillong here and that's called as like the rock capital of india rock music capital of india so even petra when they did a tour to india they they had to come here it's a small place but they had to come there which is my favorite so one we connected with that oh yeah <laughs> petra yeah i mean when you don't have a good church you're left with petra to get some <laughs> uh, we fit really well yeah. sorry we were both singing the songs <laughs> Well, a little bit about pastoral training, so we'll move on to that, and then we'll, we'll close with uh, the, the church at Living Hope. Yeah. Um, and maybe this will helpful, be helpful to you, but John MacArthur, uh, president of Master's Seminary, they um, started a GMI, Grace Missions International, and what they have done through both of those, Master's Seminary and GMI, was to do extensions of the Master's Seminary in other countries. And one of them is the pastoral training uh seminary PTS it was called PTI I think institute at yep. one time so uh and what they were also doing was they would translate macarthur's sermons uh into the language uh, so they'd find key individuals and in this case was chris williams uh who would be the grace to you which is the radio program for macarthur grace to you india so chris williams ended up being the the key focus um and in- instrumental in in doing this uh extension this training center So with that in mind, that's how we, uh, we have three graduates from Master's Seminary, uh, Pastor Pat, myself, and Todd. Um, that's our connection, and your connection is through Chris Williams with the yep. PTS, yep. through MacArthur. So that's, that's the crossroads there. So what led you to PTS? That's where I'm going with all that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was part of that uh, Bible training center down south, and then I left that because the more I, I had a MacArthur study Bible, and the more I... read my bible and saw the notes and saw the truth i saw that the the emphasis of the church was so mystical and so uh, so different we hardly ever heard uh, sermons from the epistles or from the new it was all judgment and 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 if if you don't do these things like the judgment is on you and every sunday or every time it was just enforcing certain or trying to draw out some so some repentance that is not you know from inward uh, from in the inside so i left that movement and i came back to pune and uh, by then i had read so many macarthur's books that were made available through grace to india 
And in God's providence, uh, I grew up in the same area uh, as Chris Williams and his two sons. So we played cricket together, soccer together. And so now they, uh, they had started an institute in Pune. I, I just was thinking I'll get a chance to go to the master's seminary. I was hoping for that. But then God brought a small uh, part of master's seminary to my city and uh, it's so close and they knew me from childhood and they had seen uh, uh, the change in my life and so uh, I just cleared the interview and uh, I could get trained there and so grateful that uh, God is uh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked this question because we've been connected to Tom Shuck. We supported him as a missionary there but he had a unique impact in your life as well and encouraged us when he left. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about his influence in your life and then maybe a little bit uh, the background of the political environment that sure. sent him back and how that opened the doors for us to support you? Yeah. Um, Tom, um, he would come to my church in Pune on a rare occasion. And I think he was not married. I was super young and uh, he would come and then he would open uh, his sermon in Marathi by saying, Apan Pratna Karu means let us pray. And all the Marathi people would, you know, perk up and uh, be willing to listen. So he then got married and then he came as a professor. So I already knew a little bit about mm -hmm. him. But in those three years, just uh, as they opened their home sometimes for the students, and uh, he's one of the hardest working guys um, I saw. Uh, he would work late nights, get up early morning, and uh, he was so bold and passionate for the truth. Um, and especially he started this uh, uh, infusing into our minds that if we cannot see Christ in your sermon, then you better sit down, you know. Mm -hmm. If a Jew can say amen to your sermon, if a Jehovah's Witness can say amen to your sermon, it has to be deliberately Christian. Mm -hmm. And so he got us, you know, uh, on track and then he gave us a lot of broad spectrum of uh, reading, not just one part or one idea. And he worked super hard to make theology uh, relevant. And he was a theology professor. And so, especially the sovereignty of God, uh, that was an eye-opener during seminary. So uh, I'm super grateful for his life and the way he labored there. He loves India, and I still keep in touch with him. And uh, I think uh, he would want to come back for a short time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we said you could stay with us, Tom. Uh, and he would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the political environment. Oh, yeah. The, the political environment started changing. The visa rules started changing. Mm -hmm. So some, some of the professors had to go every six months, leave the country, and then come back. And then uh, after some time, it was not even just leave the country, but you have to go back to the U.S. and come back. Mm. So it started becoming uh, impractical with kids and stuff. And so yeah. they had to move back. Yeah. Yeah. But the Lord used that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Allow us to partner together in ministry. Um, well, let me just have some fun with this one, and then we'll move back to the, con the character of living hope. So I just had some... Uh, fun little words and phrases, and I just wanted you to first impressions, so not to go too too long, but okay. especially when I get to law gospel. I do want to get there, but okay. <laughs> you do have to simplify. Just your initial impressions, so Nebraska winner. Narnia. Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not bad. 
<laughs> California winter as you experienced last week? Um, doable. Doable? <laughs> United States driving. So this is just a general idea of just the driving here in the U.S. Uh, too orderly. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> too orderly. Okay, how about the California freeways? Um, uh, the traffic sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, we in the traffic. Build, yeah, yeah, when we're zooming along. Build up. Uh, crazy motorbikers. Yeah. Would like to track sometime. <laughs> How about uh, Nebraska roads? Uh, too much space. Very less traffic. Um, yeah, sometimes very lonely. So I'm going to move to people. Yeah, it's lonely. I'm going to move to people. So uh, you had mentioned uh, David Van Drun, and he's one of the professors at the seminary. We've had him here a few times. So I say David Van Drun, what do you think? Um, he remembered. He remembered a lot. He remembered Chris was going to leave to India when he came mm-hmm. back. I mean, the last time he came to Omaha. So sharp memory. That means he, he loves and he is mindful and yeah. he remembers people. So that was pretty cool. And his, his doctrinal teaching was, yeah. it, it was spot on. Dennis Johnson, his uh, sermon on David and Goliath. Uh, eye-opening. Wants, makes me want to read my Bible again slowly, very slowly. <laughs> We experienced him at the seminary conference as well. Okay, uh, a little bit of food, grilled octopus, <laughs> which we experienced, right? <laughs> um, maybe two, three days after I come into the U.S., not straight from the airport, okay. but it was good. <laughs> it's good. good, it's good. And then switch that to Nebraska beef. Um, the best. The best. People even in California were saying, well, you got to experience the beef there, oh, yeah. right? Okay, OBC cyclists. Uh, from another planet. <laughs> okay. Miles and miles of cycling. Hey, yes, yeah. Oh, and since we're on that, uh, you're just initially thoughts of road bike. You rode Nick's for a little um, bit, right? Yep. Or wobbled. <laughs> That's what I would do. Uh, road bikes. Uh, <laughs> yes, road I mean, bikes. They might need bigger pedals for me and my legs. Okay. It was pretty small, though. Pedals. Gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fat bike. King of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, moving to ministry. Wednesday night you experienced the uh, kids CTA. So the kids CTA. What was your initial thoughts? You're teaching them what cricket there? Oh yeah, super, super fun. Uh, I wish I could spend more time. Those kids are so adorable. And junior yeah. high, junior high, super sharp kids. They had good questions. Good. Uh, pretty competitive. You had time for that? I mean, you only had 15 minutes, so oh, they're yeah. already throwing they questions threw in. in. Yeah, they that's amazing. Good. High school. I think they were more waiting for the pizza. Yeah? After. <laughs> and did that trigger so the pizza like, analogies okay, for... you do your thing, man. We're waiting for the pizza. <laughs> I can see that. Very good. Okay. Okay, now we're going to move to folks who... Uh, people who've spent some time with you, even in, in India. So I'm going to start with uh, Pat Abendroth. Just initial thoughts. <laughs> wow. I mean... Is that it? Wow? Is that good? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, super loving and friendly and uh, loves justification and the gospel. At the same time, he can be so adventurous and, um, yeah, we were going fat biking. He was scooping cans around, (laughs) doing his wheelies and just like a 17-year-old. So, yeah. That's fun. So he's all over the place. Yes. <laughs> Mike Grimes, he spent time with you last year. Mike has these fun, funny one-liners. Yes. He, I mean, 
he seems serious, but then he throws out these one-liners, which are so funny. Absolutely. Yeah. Has your rolling. And then Holloway, you spend a lot of time with him through email and uh, yeah. phone. and. Um, I think I, I, I mean, it seems like I'm talking to my school principal. I mean, I have to get <laughs> That's everything priceless. right. My email and, you know, the date, uh, the subject, That's the good. paragraphs. I mean, okay. and the way I sign. When That's, he's, that's yep, fine. But, I, I mean, I just love, he, he's so organized and, yeah. and so committed to serve the Lord. And I'm super, super encouraged by his life. Awesome. I wish I could do more here, but we have to move along. Um, and I do have to throw myself in there because when I first heard how you thought of me, when we first met, when I went to teach at PTS, and then when we did partner in ministry, you saw me as two different, almost two different people. So I oh, yeah. thought that'd be fun to, to hear. First yeah. time we met. Yeah, first time we met, you were at PTS teaching the Burmese and the yes. first year guys. And yeah. I think you had this Californian uh, yeah, yeah. beads. So I thought, and then, uh, you know, this, yes, uh, yeah, it was thinner back then. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. So I thought, well, pretty cool. And I thought he's just fresh out of seminary, like a 25 year old. But then later you told me you were 40 something. And so like, yeah, probably 30. Evergreen <laughs> yeah. And then later I thought, wow, um, I don't have many theology books, but I could just press the on button with Chris and let him talk. Uh, once we were in the car and then I had not done my morning devotion, so I just started some topic about the gospel and then I had done my morning devotion because Chris would go on and <laughs> on funny. about Christ and the gospel and I'm like, okay, now I'm set for the day. That's, is that what you were doing back then? <laughs> I remember Sai saying, he doesn't talk, I mean, he's just a quiet person sitting back there. Does he ever say anything? Until you talk about and, and, yeah. theology. Yeah. It's just funny to hear different perspectives, even <laughs> yourself. Okay, um, law, legalism, gospel. We'll, we'll, we'll hit that one and then we'll conclude with the character of the Marathi Living Hope Church. So, law, define that. Law is uh, the righteous requirements of our holy and just God. Mm -hmm. Flows out of his character. It's non-negotiable. It's good. If you do it, you will live. Um, And and so glad for God to show us because uh, without that, we would uh, not know our misery Mm -hmm. and not run to Christ. Legalism. Legalism is taking that absolute perfection and saying that's not enough and I need to add so many more rules and, and uh, my own uh, additional things that I do to all in order to make my standing uh, better before God. So it terribly uh, misunderstands the holiness and the holy character of the law and the purpose right. of the law. And uh, it, yeah, it's just a... Pride, I think, legalism. And it's everywhere, right? It's in India and it's in oh, America. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Paul talks about the elemental principles yes. of the world. And uh, it's not a small thing. Like, there are, I mean, two-thirds, uh, more than two-thirds of the world is in some kind of religion which mm-hmm. promotes your works to make your standing before God. So it's yeah. deadly, I would say. Yes, gospel. Gospel is... Uh, a wonderful news that God did not compromise His holy and righteous standards, but sent us the perfect mediator, fully God, fully man, who 
lived on our behalf, who died and took our place and rose again, and uh, who gives us all that he has accomplished by faith and credits it to our account and takes all our filthiness and unworthiness upon himself. So what I love about this is it's the same theme we preach here. All the way in India, it's the same glorious gospel. Praise God. Some good news. So you can, some have asked for prayer requests. um, And so what we're going to do is just frame this around opportunities for you to to pray. So as he's answering questions about living hope, church, just think about how you can be praying for our uh, sister church there in Pune. So some of the languages represented. I know Saya had a little bit difficult time coming in. It's Marathi. Yeah, it's initially, yeah, initially yep. it was Marathi, and um, just the culture and and uh, the language was mm-hmm. different. So, but lately, what has happened is we've got people from all over. We've got northeasterners, more Asian-looking. Mm-hmm. We've got from the north, uh, from Punjab, a sister who came out of Pun- uh, Sikhism. Um, We've got, uh, of course, from Maharashtra, we've got some families from down south. So I would say now 50% speak English okay. and 50% need translation. So Saya is super grateful that she can have those relationships. And um, uh, we uh, are meeting in a place and it's super central and it's another amazing story how God opened that place for us. and. Um, we meet every Sunday morning and then evenings typically the, the youth come over to our house and we have some board games and just talk, go for some cycle rides sometimes. Um, then Wednesdays we have a Marathi Bible study and we are doing Dust to Glory. I think Frank uh, gifted me that uh, DVD series. Yeah. So our English Bible study on Saturday, we are finishing up the New Testament but in our Marathi Bible study, we are a little behind where, because I don't show them the video. Okay. I study the lesson and then I kind of give them the main. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's more of a survey of the Old Testament and it's eye-opening for them uh, to see uh, that how it's one plan of God and how God has been so gracious in Israel's history and how he has promised and how he's fulfilling all those promises. So... Um, and that's R.C. Sproul, that's the glory yeah, yeah, you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. yeah, that's on Wednesday. Then uh, once in a month uh, in the morning we have a men's meeting and uh, we go through the Heidelberg Catechism um, and then we try to apply it for our own lives and families and church life. Mm-hmm. Then the women, uh, they are doing um, uh, by Jerry Bridges, yeah. uh, I think Trusting God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are doing that. Uh, we're beginning to have, going to have a Sunday, Sunday school for the kids, we call them. So that's from February onwards, so super excited about that. And then there are so many openings in different parts of the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I go back, I'm going to be um, buying a motorbike okay. because I try to go and visit these people and I'm two hours stuck in traffic. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, not that great so I'm going to get a small motorbike and um, love to go and um, just maybe use a simple catechism and um, share the gospel and discipleship with them so that's what's going on so there's former members that have um, gone back to their villages that are asking for the preaching of Christ oh yeah inviting you 
Yeah, so we, uh, we recently did a, a one-week workshop for village pastors who had no idea about how to handle the Bible. They had no training, uh, heavily influenced by charismatic and prosperity. Mm. We had a great time just giving them principles of interpretation, giving them some resources, showing the big picture to them. One day, they sat from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and uh, they just wanted more and more. So they want to keep having it once in six months. And some of these pastors, they come from really uh, remote places, Um, and uh, uh, I mean, they they get super discouraged because uh, there's so much opposition in their areas. Uh, There's hardly any believing, and yet God is doing a work, and God is drawing people out of darkness. So they are super encouraged to be there. We are very happy as a church. We can uh, give training because I think more than any other help, our church can give training. Yeah. So how about close us with uh, five prayer requests? Oh, yeah. They could continue to away. pray for me. I was super encouraged. A couple of the men at the men's retreat say we, we consistently pray for you. Mm. And so I'll try sending in more of requests by email. Uh, because, uh, I mean, over the years, uh, we've just seen God's hand at work. The first time Pat and Chris came, there were just like a few handful of people in a house. And the last Sunday, there were around 40 people. uh, And uh, these want to be disciples. And uh, so some people come and go because they have different uh, things. So you could pray for my life, my family, that we would continue to grow in Christ-likeness and uh, filled with the love of Christ for the people and serve them out of the love of Christ. Uh, pray for leaders because there are good men now at our church. Um, there's my brother who did some training. There is another Preetius graduate from Nepal. So he, he preached last night. Uh, uh, it was day there. Mm-hmm. So these men and how we can appoint uh, maybe in some official capacity, uh, maybe rent a church office so we can come and have a library there and study there Um, and then uh, you could pray for the once in a month we do a a reformation Uh, since reformation sunday we've started this and people keep coming and they want to know more about uh, the doctrines of grace and church history and discipleship so uh, you can continue to pray for them and this training that i told you once in six months so uh, you can pray for these things and um, discipleship in our church, uh, evangelism, so that we would keep growing deeper and keep mm-hmm. reaching out as well. Okay. I wanted to close by quoting Romans 5.8 in English. Obviously, I can't do Marathi, but then you would translate it into Marathi. We did that for the junior yeah. high, right? And it just gives you a taste of... Oh, it's well the beauty of it, right? Okay. At the same time, because it's the glories of the gospel being communicated. And God steps in, in the person of His Son, no doubt, in the incarnation. Right? It's a beautiful thing, but He's also brought the Word of God into so many languages. How the Lord steps into our world to communicate truth. So you, you get that. But the church also goes through this regularly. Yeah, the, we have a bilingual service. Yes, so absolutely. We have translation going on. Now the challenge is your the verbs and subjects nouns yeah. are uh, the, opposite the sentence order yes yeah. yeah so we're either backwards or you're backwards but yeah. so th- what that means is you have to say the entire you know phrase with the, the yeah. subject and the verb in order for it to make sense yep. so as i'm 
uh, speaking, his dad will often say, can you finish? I don't know what to translate. Yeah. So it's like some and the something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do we do with that? So Romans 5, 8. Okay. Go ahead. You want me to? Uh, just Romans 5, 8. What uh, that in sound In Marathi? Like? You bet. Um, Devane, that's a pretty che praman ashe pragat keleki. Upon papi asta, Krista yeshu, amhasati mela. Okay. I was just going to have you do the reference, but that's okay. Here we go. God demonstrates his own love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Amazing yeah. opportunity. And when you hear songs like In Christ Alone that we know and it's being in sung in Marathi, that's yeah. just amazing. So, well, let me pray and we'll, we'll close our time. Hope you... Just enjoy this. We're refreshed and encouraged as well. Father, we thank you so much for the grace of the gospel and how we were swept up into this beautiful storyline, your story of redemption, and to think of the church uh, for 2,000 years proclaiming the glories of the gospel. And we uh, are most grateful to be part of this. We, we think of the encouragement of the apostles and the partnership of the gospel as churches went out to uh, support one another, to encourage one another, to advance the gospel, and to be a part of that, that will last um, long after we are alive if you, you tarry. Mm. And we're thankful that your kingdom is the glorious eternal kingdom that cannot be shaken and will not be removed. Mm. Lord, I'm reminded of some of the first comments that Vinit mentioned when we first met. And he he'd said he's not a good marketer, but what he does is lifts Christ up because you promised that if your son is lifted up, you will draw all men to him. And we're just reminded of the, just that simplicity of the gospel. That you've been pleased to extend your promises and the power of the gospel through the preaching of Jesus Christ as he is uh, magnified and glorified, exalted uh, before men, even in uh, what the world considers folly and foolishness. You are pleased to draw your own uh, to Christ for salvation. And we, we thank you that that same glorious message is going on here and there in Pune as well. We ask for encouragement. We ask for the development of leaders who have this same passion and boldness. We ask for our families, uh, for Saya. Um, Lord, it just uh, so much uh, burden. It's a good burden, Lord, but just that our, our wives go through and supporting us and encouraging us and praying for us. And so we pray for her even now as she awaits for Vinit's return. We pray for safe travels as well. We ask for your blessing on the preaching of the word as he brings that to us here in a little bit. We, we thank you again for your grace in Christ. Amen. Amen.